Tom Carosa, or, uh, oh, well, let's start with comedy today, a little Andy Griffiths, a little vintage. It was back last um, October, I believe it was. We are going to hold a tent service all, off at this college town, and we got there about dinner time on Saturday. And uh, different ones of us thought that we ought to get us a mouthful to eat before that we set up the tent. And so we got off of the truck and followed this little bunch of people through this small little bitty patch of woods there and we come up on a big sign it says get something to eat here and uh, I went up and got me two hot dogs and a big orange drink and before that I could take every mouthful of that food this whole raft of people come up around me and got me to where I couldn't eat nothing up like and I dropped my big orange drink I did well, friends, they come in to move, and they want so much that I could do but move with them. Well, we come in to go through all kinds of doors and gates, and I don't know what all, and I looked up over one of them, and it says North Gate. And we kept on going through there, and pretty soon we come up on a young boy, and he says, Ticket, please. And I says, Friend, I don't have a ticket. I don't even know where it is that I'm going. I did. Well, he says, come out as quick as you can. And I says, I'll do her. I'll turn right around the first chance I get. <laughs> well, we kept on a moving through there, and pretty soon everybody got where it was that they was a-going because they parted, and I could see pretty good. I, I, I could. 
And what I seen was this whole raft of people a setting on these two banks and a looking at one another across this pretty little green cow pasture. <laughs> well, they was. And somebody had tucked and drawed white lines all over it and drove posties in it and I don't know what all. And I looked down there and I seen five or six convicts a running up and down and a blowing whistles. They was. And then I looked down there and I seen these pretty girls a wearing these little bitty short dresses and a dancing around. And so I sat down and thought I'd see what it was that was going to happen. I did. And about the time I got set down good, I looked down there and I seen 30 or 40 men come running out of one end of a great big outhouse down there. <laughs> they did. And everybody where I was a setting got up and hollered. And about that time, 30 or 40 come running out of the other end of that outhouse and the other bank full, they got up and hollered. <laughs> and I asked this fellow that was sitting beside of me, I says, friend, what is it that they're hollering for? Well, he whopped me on the back and he says, buddy, have a drink. <laughs> well, I says, I believe I will have another big orange. <laughs> and I got it and sat back down. And when I got down there again, I seen that them men had got in two little bitty bunches down there. <laughs> they had rail close together. And they voted. <laughs> they did. They voted and elected one man apiece. And them two men come out in the middle of that cow pasture and shook hands like they hadn't seen one another in a long time. And then a convict come over to where they was a standing, and he took out a quarter, and they come in to odd man right there. <laughs> they did. Well... After a while, I seen what it was that there's odd man in fault. It was that both bunches full of them men wanted this funny-looking little pumpkin to play with. <laughs> they did, and I know, friends, that they couldn't eat it because they kicked it the whole evening and it never busted. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, what I was telling was that both bunches full wanted that thing. And one bunch got it, and it made the other bunch just as mad as they could be. And friends, I seen that evening the awfulest fight that I have ever seen in my life. I did. They would run at one another and kick one another and throw one another down and stomp on one another and grind their feet in one another and I don't know what all. And just as fast as one of them would get hurt, they'd tote him off and run another one. <laughs> Well, they'd done that as long as I sat there. But pretty soon, this boy that had said, Ticket, please, he come up to me and he says, Friends, you're going to have to leave because it is that you don't have a ticket. And I says, Well, all right. And I got up and left. And I don't know, friends, to this day what it was that there's a doing down there, but I have studied about it. And I think that it's some kindly of a contest where they see which bunch full of them men can take that pumpkin and run from one end of that cow pasture to the other without either getting knocked down or stepping in something. <laughs>
Andy Griffith. Okay, yeah, he was a stand-up. Uh, I don't know if people know that. He was a stand-up first, and then he became an actor. Who knew? He was a storyteller. He was a raconteur. Speaking of raconteurs uh, and music, uh, let's do some Tom Carosa. I love this one here. Find them online, go to TomCarosa.com. And here's one more. I love this one. I think it should be a movie or a play. Uh, but I like this song. Cheese and eggs. Holy schmoly, it's early. My poor legs. 
Get your butts out of bed Curds and whey I've a very good price today If there's someone who cannot pay You can put it on layaway What's that smell? This morning, Theobald, I'd like an extra pint, though. What's that smell? Oh, thank goodness, it's not just me. Rings a bell like fermented gangrene. Don't smell swell, catastrophic and gloomy. Sort of liking touch to
Hello, children. I'm Miss Crandall, your substitute teacher. Miss Salvatore was suddenly called away, something about a case of food poisoning. But that shouldn't stop us from enjoying our lunch period, now should it? So, as a special treat, I'm going to read to you a very lovely holiday story called Kafka for Christmas from the Scholastica Kafka for Children series. Once upon a Christmas Eve, there was a man named Gregor Samsa, who went to bed a businessman and woke up a Christmas roach, a really big one. Well, children, you can imagine how shocked Gregor was to wake up with antennas and six legs. His parents were not going to like this at all. Why, they never ever let him have a pet, let alone be one. Suddenly, there was a knock at the door. It was Gregor's dad, and he was mad. Gregor, he yelled. Merry Christmas, get up. It's time for you to go to work at your boring, nondescript job so you can support me and the whole family while I stay home and read the paper out loud. Get off my case, said Gregor. I'll be out when I'm good and ready. Now, children, Gregor wasn't usually rude to his parents, but today was special. Next, his mom knocked on the door and yelled, Gregor, open this door at once. It's Christmas and you're upsetting your father. Next, his sister Greta put in her two cents with, Gregor's gonna get it. Gregor's gonna get it. Gregor said nothing. He just laid there feeling persecuted in a nightmarishly impersonal world. As you can guess by now, Gregor's family was very dysfunctional. So that morning... Everyone left him alone to go open their Christmas presents, and Gregor spent the day in bed, his spiny roach legs flaying in the air trying to get up. As this was his first day as a roach, he didn't quite know how everything worked. Gregor could hear all the laughter, Christmas carols, and everyone having fun in the other room. Now he was really pissed. So with all his roach might, he leaped out of bed, landed on his six little legs, and opened the door with his roach jaw and screamed, Surprise! I'm a roach. I hope you're all satisfied. Well, you can imagine how shocked everyone was. They darn near had an aneurysm. Now Gregor's dad was really mad and yelled, What's the meaning of this? Is this some kind of political statement, or are you just trying to bug me? Gregor's mom passed out in the Christmas eggnog. Gregor's sister just kept yelling, Gregor's gonna get it, Gregor's gonna get it. The rest of the day, Gregor hid under the living room couch, and Greta brought him rotten food to eat and said, You old bug, you'll do anything to get attention. Then Greta would torture him by turning the lights on and off, on and off, on and off. Stop it, Gregor cried. Let's face it, children, as sisters go, Greta was a pain in the butt. 
Just then, Gregor's mom walked by, wiping the eggnog off her face, and saw Gregor gnawing on a piece of dead animal carcass and had a coronary right there on the spot. While his mother lay gasping for air on the floor, Greta got out her violin and began to play her favorite Christmas folk song, Das Kukaracha's Christmas, for the lodgers who lived in their house. By the way, lodgers are people who live in your house when the economy is bad, and if they're related, they're called moochers. Just then, Gregor snapped and said, That does it! And he crawled out from under the couch into the dining room. Then one of the lodgers, named the letter K, just K, saw him and said, What's that? Gregor's dad said, It's nothing. Merry Christmas. Concert's over. Everybody go to bed. That does it, said Greta. I'm never going to get married with him around. She's right, said Gregor's dad. And Gregor's mom said nothing. She just lay on the floor gasping for air. Let's get rid of him, cried Greta. Okay, but how, chimed both his parents. Gregor grew nervous as they slowly took off their shoes and began throwing them at him. Ow, stop it. It's Christmas for crying out loud, cried Gregor. Then Gregor's dad yelled, Got him! They cried, and Gregor died. All the lodgers came down to look at the dead flat thing that only early Christmas Eve had been a businessman. Gregor's dad charged ten cents a look, made a lot of money, and kicked the lodgers out. Then he tipped the maid a lot of money to get rid of Gregor's remains. And the family spent the rest of the holidays in the country, where Greta married Lodger K, just the letter K, and stretched her firm young body and said, Great! Now I can have his room. Wasn't that a swell Christmas story, children? Why, you've hardly eaten a thing. Well, never mind. Let's just put everything away under our desk. And guess what? It's nap time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pretty scary stuff. What can I say? Pretty scary stuff. All right, we'll continue on. Remember my book, A Pocket Full of Confidence, is available on Amazon. Nancy Lombardo on Amazon, as well as some of my bizarre music and everything else about me. Okay, what are we going to do here now? <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, I've got a little... Uh, Allergy thing going on. Hope everybody's uh, feeling okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I've got such a, I got like a hundred things in my switchboard, so it's hard to um, pick one that uh, feels good for the day. Okay. Uh, so you can go to CD Baby or Amazon and look up Nancy Lombardo. Okay. Cool, cool. Never amount to much. Say I graduate last in the class. I don't wanna wear no tie. They won't marry me, but that's okay with me, cause I'm alright. Man, this is crazy. People in society, corporations run the lives. I mean, they don't even know who they are. I don't wanna pump no gas. I don't wanna pay no rent. Man, I will Summertime. 
My daughter's a smart kid. I don't want to give you the right. A very smart kid. Her father's an economics professor. He was actually my economics professor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> economics was hard. <laughs> I want, I'm, let me make something clear. I never badmouth my ex. Never. You know why? I never badmouth my ex to my kid. You should never do that. Because if you do, then you ruin the moment when they figure it out all by themselves. <laughs> It's a nice moment. I call that a MasterCard moment. I waited 13 years. She finally came home for a week with her father. She's like, Daddy's a jerk. Priceless. Thank you so much. You guys have been lovely. Thank you. I know that sounds good when I say I married a lawyer, but understand, son, I didn't marry the cutthroat, ruthless, give me all your money lawyer. No, I married the pay-me-what-you-can, whenever you can, I just want to see justice serve lawyer. <laughs> I, I married Atticus Finch. <laughs> I got so ripped off, ladies and gentlemen. You know what it's like? It's like I'm having sex with a rock star, but he's in a Christian band. <laughs> <laughs> that was Corey Kahaney. Check her out online. Very funny lady. All right. We're winding down now. It's time to uh, wish you farewell. And remember, go to Amazon.com and you can get my book, A Pocket Full of Confidence, a nice little light read with good tips. I want to thank you all for tuning in today. This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Anson Lombardo. Uh, stay tuned for upcoming events. I've got some great guests coming on the show. And uh, we'll talk then. Big kiss. Bye-bye.